Hey everyone, welcome to episode number three of Musicians for Mental Health. On this podcast, we speak with musicians about mental health openly and honestly, without the veil of lyrics. We are not mental health professionals, we are not licensed therapists or counselors. We are people that have had our own struggles and personal experiences with mental health and want to shed light on these things. On this episode, I talk with the guys from the band The Spins, and it was a super good conversation with these dudes. They were able to get the whole band together to have this conversation. Um, Because mental health is so important to them individually, but also as a band, um, their new album directly deals with mental health uh, through some of their personal experiences and from their point of view with that. And I just really enjoyed having this conversation with them. Obviously, when you are passionate people about a subject and connect over that, that's obviously always a really nice thing. Um, But also with this, you know, it was really cool because we kind of took a different look at things. You know, a lot of times people talk about mental health and talk about it in a very traumatic light. And, you know, I'm just as guilty of that. Some of the artists that I've spoken with on this, you know, we kind of put that view on it intentionally because it is such a serious topic. And this conversation was obviously a very serious conversation, but I think something that the guys in the spins did very well when discussing mental health with me um, was a that we covered a variety of topics, which was always a good thing, you know, that we're not too tightly focused on one thing and maybe miss some opportunities. Uh, But, you know, one of the main focuses or two of the main focuses really in this episode are kind of trusting your gut and the vibe that you get off people or the, you know, the aura that you see if you go that route or whatever. Um, But, you know, your your body is much more aware uh, on a subconscious level of things around you than you are consciously of those things around you. So, you know, if you're picking up bad vibes off somebody or something just feels off or whatever, um, there's a reason that you're told to trust your gut and to, you know, kind of listen to that. And we discussed that in some pretty good detail with some examples of stuff. Uh, And we also talked about identifying growth experiences. Um, And what we mean by that, we obviously detail it a little more in the episode, but, um, you know... Obviously, things happen, whether you're religious or spiritual or nothing at all, really. You know, there's there's a reason that things happen. And, you know, whether it's divine intervention, spiritual connections, uh, you know, the force, whatever it may be, uh, it's important that you're able to look at the things that you've gone through that are, you know, pain points in your life or 
just experiences that you've had in general, even if they're good things, and identify how to grow from them. Um, you know, because one of the absolute worst things you can do, not only for your mental health, but just for your life in general, is to remain stagnant um, and not take opportunities to learn from things around you or to identify when something goes wrong that maybe it wasn't supposed to work. And now you get the opportunity to go a different direction and, you know, you're kind of free from those binds and, um, you know, you're not bound to that one decision anymore. So definitely want you guys to think about that. But I also really want you to listen to this whole episode because these dudes were a lot of fun to talk to and have some really, really cool insight that I think that a lot of people will be able to listen to this and take pieces of it away and start implementing that into their own lives. Uh, so for now, let's go ahead and jump into my conversation with the band, The Spins. So to kick things off, we'll start off with the boring ass question that everybody uh, hates, but <laughs> that's the simple introduction and kind of, you know, who you are, what you do in the band and a little bit of background on yourself. Cool. I'm Jimmy and I play uh, lead guitar. Um, <laughs> the background, I guess I could just say like musical background. I mean, I like what kind of background are you looking for? <laughs> <laughs> Whole life story yeah yeah we we can do the the musical side like yeah like how long uh, you've been in in music and kind of developing everything i like playing. a dating profile back like dating <laughs> you like long walks on the beach right <laughs> no, i'm not really a beach guy i got eggs on. <laughs> um no i mean i've been playing guitar for about uh going on like six years now um grew up listening to a lot of classic rock which basically inspired me but then in high school, obviously, you kind of open your your mind a little more to more music. So started listening to a lot more indie. Um, got pretty into folk. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the most interesting life. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> uh, I'm Nick. I sing and play rhythm in the band. Um, I've been playing music probably a little over ten years now, and. I think I'm pretty well versed in mental health and, you know, stuff like that. I've experienced a lot of detriments of mental health myself and friends of mine. Um, but it's really important to me that, you know, keep yourself first and stuff. I don't know, like, yeah, I just love making music and uh, that's what inevitably keeps me mentally healthy. So I agree. So uh, I'm yeah. Phil, I play bass. And uh, I've been playing, I've been doing music things for about six years now. And I also could uh, attest that uh, music keeps me in a way men uh, mentally healthy. If, I, if I'm not doing music for a long period of time, it, it, it can get rough. So I'm very happy that I have these four guys here to play music with and uh, very happy that we got to put this album out. I'm Freddie. <clears throat> I play the drums. Uh, I've been playing music since I was in fourth grade, so like 12, 13 years, something like that. Um, same thing as these guys. Honestly, my whole life, music's been the main thing that's kept me healthy. That's pretty much all I did my whole life. I didn't do sports or anything like that. I'll just come home and practice. So 
for as long as I've been alive. I mean, that's pretty much what's given my life purpose and kept me sane. Awesome. And we are the spins. <laughs> we are the spins. <laughs> oh, I think it's frozen. Oh, oh. come back. There you go. Oh, we oh, can't, we can't hear, hear you. you. Hello? All right. How about now? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Now we got it. Cool. Cool. Yeah, my internet dropped out there for a second. Um, no worries. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's just the way today's gone. So it's all good. Um, <laughs> no, I think that's really cool that, you know, <laughs> that, that you guys have obviously, you know, kind of um, grown up in the music industry to, to some extent, you know, whether it's uh, been playing or, or using it kind of as a therapy. Um, one of the things that, you know, for me, I'm, I'm the same way, right? Like music has such an impact on our mental health, whether it's intentional or not, you know, uh, we're creatures of habit. So like when you're feeling down, inevitably you go to the songs that maybe make you feel worse or, you know, hopefully you're going to the songs that make you feel better. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, I think it's all about relating to what's being put out. And so I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about um, the new album and kind of the relationship that you have with music and using it as a therapy. How important was it to put out an album specifically about you know these trials and tribulations that you've been through over the last couple of years so uh with the new album i think it's all it's all it all is relative to our lives i believe you know in in its writing and stuff we it's a lot about love and hardship in life and the difficulties of navigating this life in general that's uh what do you guys what do you guys think yeah i feel like i feel like the album's a lot about personal growth and like as it's, it's called not if but when so you just gotta understand that things are gonna be tough but you're always gonna be able to get through them and it's not if they're gonna happen it's when they're gonna happen everything's gonna everything's gonna go murphy's way, law yeah murphy's mm -hmm. law everything's gonna go <laughs> everything's gonna go the way you need to go it's just about when and it's keeping a positive attitude and you know even kind of to a way just like manifesting you yourself getting there yeah, yeah it kind of like reflects on the idea yeah. you know life just has seasons and even if things might be bad now it's not really yeah. a matter of you know, if they're going to get better, because if you just keep that perspective, things will get better at some point. It's just a matter of when and just when getting through that and keeping that perspective of you got to take life with its good and bads. And that's what makes the goods even better. True that. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, an interesting thing that um, Jamie and I can never pronounce his last name, but the founder of To Write Love in Our Arms, um, he's kind of got this philosophy that you know your life is a story and there's just a bunch of different chapters in it right and every good book has chapters where the main character is going through the shit so if you really start looking at your life that way it makes it a little easier to deal with and go you know what this is just this is my growth period like you guys are talking about and the next chapter is just going to be that much better Mm -hmm. exactly yeah i think in, speaking of memes and stuff like that <laughs> one of my favorite trends right now is that adult swim one on tiktok those give me a lot of yeah. give me a lot of uh nostalgia. nostalgia but also just kind of hope 
it's a lot of really positive outlook stuff you know and, and that's what i think we need more of instead of you know the body dysmorphia and the social media and all the fomo and stuff i think that you know that trend is uplifting and it kind of just reminds yeah. me of this right now you know it's it's it's, a, it's it's like something might something bad might happen but every time a door closes another one opens right like perhaps your story isn't meant to end up there and i i truly believe in you know divine intervention and and you know our spirits like guiding us in the right way and path and if something doesn't work out it wasn't meant to that's my ultimate belief you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah no and i i think that's you know <laughs> uh recently I, I don't think you guys are aware of this uh at the beginning of the year i almost died from covid and um oh, i say that with a smile on my face and everything like you know it, it it's funny because one of the first things when i woke up and was able to start talking and whatnot again um, one of the nurses asked me kind of what my perspective was or whatever one night. And I was like, you know, it is what it is, right? Like yeah. I can't control everything in my life, but I can only control my thought process about it. Yep. So at the end of the day, yeah, that fucking sucks, but it is what it is. I'm still here. I'm going to move forward from it. Still breathing. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a really good way to look at it a lot of times. Like, I think that's a, that's a big thing that comes up in therapy a lot. Like what you can't control, you, you don't need to worry about. And then you can only worry about what you can control. And then it is what it is, is like radical acceptance. It's kind of the thing that you need to say, because right. if you make it worse, you're going to just make it worse for yourself when you don't have to. So exactly. Yep. It's easy to say, you know, mm -hmm. if, if things are bad, it's easy to say, oh, you know, it, all, me thinking bad about it and just suffering yeah, like it can't be any worse than this well, yeah or... there's nothing you can do to control it so you might as well just look at it in the most positive way you can and keep moving because 100%. focusing on it isn't going to change anything but putting that into action is a lot harder for sure <laughs> and even like living by it yeah. is what it is is way easier said than done it's like you got to try to do it every day even if it's hard because it's just it's the way to do it mm -hmm. it's it's easier yeah yeah absolutely you know i'm i'm 36 years old now and um you know even five years ago that wasn't the way that i looked at a lot of things you know it was just one of those again it was easier to say i told people yeah it, you know it is what it is but i wasn't really accepting it and moving on um and i think you know i don't know if there was a trigger point for that or not but i think it's just one of those things where at some point you have to make that decision for yourself that i could sit here and dwell on it and be unhappy for a long time about it or I can just accept it and find a way out. Yeah, but, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to actually do that. And I'm sure a lot of people watching that has went through that. And I've, I've definitely went through that a lot of times, but it comes back to even when you do get in those holes, you need to sit, sit back and be like, do I need to sit in this? I don't you <laughs> never, you never, ever, ever have to. I think, I think it also yeah. has to do with like the people you surround yourself with too. Like, yeah, you I had, there was a point in time in my life too, like where I surrounded myself with a bunch of negative people and, you know, that inevitably made me negative and everything was negative. Everything I saw was negative. It was like, oh, this sucks and it'll never change. And I'm just meant to be this sorry sap. Right. But then when I started surrounding myself with people who were motivated and, and, and wanted to change their reality, that was when I really felt the most fulfilled. And that was yeah. you guys mostly. I mean, 
a lot of, you know, a lot, when I was growing up, all my friends wanted to do was smoke pot and sit alone. Not that I don't like smoking pot. It's just that like, <laughs> right. I also like to be productive too. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so at least with the band and stuff like that, I can accomplish both of those things and also stay healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, to your point, you know, your support circle is incredibly important, you know, and, whether people realize it or not, you know, like you said, if you're surrounding yourself with people that are constantly down and never see the bright side of anything, it's going to rub off on you. And you need those people in your life that you can go to and bitch about the day and be like, you know, today fucking sucks. I had a flat tire, you know, this happened, whatever. And they go, yeah, that does suck. But hey, man, you know, this is still good. Like, we're still playing music. We're still doing this. We're still doing that. Like, if they can put that spin on it for you mm-hmm. and help you see that spin, um, you're going to get out of those, those valleys a lot quicker. Yeah. It's like my dad always tell me there's two people in this life. There's radiators, people who radiate good vibes and there's drainers, people who mm-hmm. take away your good vibes. Right. So yeah. surround yourself with radiators, but also don't, don't leave the drainers in the mud, you know, like try to bring them up. Yeah, but you know you can only lead a horse to water. You can't force it to drink, right? So, just yeah, do your best, and you know you can't concern yourself with everybody else so much. Sometimes you have to take a step back and be selfish. It's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know with that, you know, using that analogy, sometimes, not always, but sometimes those drainers are just people that have been around the wrong people for too long, and they need to recharge off your, you know, radiated energy. Um, so like you said, don't cut them out completely, but at the same time, if you know, like this just isn't working, I'm not the one that they need or whatever, like it's okay to cut ties. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got to hundred percent. Yeah. At a certain point, if they're taking more from you than you're able to give to them, you have to be able to recognize that and and look out for yourself at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that goes into, um, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, but kind of setting boundaries within friendships, relationships, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it's okay to say, look, this is not working for me, or this is too heavy right now. Like I need me time. Um, talk about, you know, the the top main topic for this uh, conversation or this episode is going to be identifying growth experiences. And I think that plays a lot into that is when you have those boundaries, you can identify where you can grow. Yeah, I think growing pain is the best way to explain it. I don't think that anything in this life is going to be rewarding as it is. It Everything is always as rewarding as it is painful. And I think that's, that's the truth, right? Like, yeah, you can't just expect easy, easy things, right? Um, anything worth doing or accomplishing is going to be painful and it's going to have its trials and tribulations and mm-hmm. ebb and flows. And it's important that you recognize that and you, you know, moderate your suffering, but it's also a necessity. Growth only comes from stress. And if you aren't being stressed, if there's no stress or pressure, like, you know, a coal doesn't turn into diamond without pressure. So, and, and I'm a person who's always been a procrastinator, always set things off to the last minute. And because of that, nowadays, like I honestly find it difficult to accomplish anything without a dead without a deadline coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Like I have to yeah. <laughs> procrastinate and then rush it till the end. It, that's not great for your mental health. 
truthfully, but the <laughs> right. end result is, you know, you, you, you push yourself to a point and you release something, you make something. And then at the end, you can be like, all right, I'm happy with that. <laughs> and it might suck yeah. at the moment. But. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, something people could learn from that statement is um, set those, those guidelines yourself, right? Like set that timetable, even though it's not due for three months, I'm going to have it done in one month because I need that time to make sure it's good. Mm-hmm. 100%. Especially yeah. with art, especially with art. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 You got to like hold uh, yourself accountable for sure. That's a big part of just staying mentally sound for me. I found like you have to hold yourself to a certain standard. And if you don't, you're just not going to be happy. You know, happiness only really comes from discipline and suffering. Like Nick said, essentially, like you, nobody who has what you would deem, what most people would deem a successful life has just had every day for their whole life be easy and fun and happy. That's just not how it goes. Everyone goes through usually a pretty large degree of suffering at some point in their life. And that's just part of the life experience of most humans. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, you know, uh, speaking specifically in the music industry, like you have to be okay with the the word no, right? Like mm-hmm. the music industry is the world of rejection. So like you're saying, identifying that growth opportunity as well, where just because promoter A said no to us doesn't mean that promoter B is going to say no to us mm-hmm. or that somebody's not going to see value in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. I think exactly like that. If you let me uh, say this, uh, persistence. And I had this one college course um, where we talked about the creator and inventor of the Leatherman. And the creator and inventor of the Leatherman, the multi-tool that we all know about today, it took a long time for him to get that business started up. In fact, it had taken him 500 no's from, from people. Like he had 500 times they told him no. No, this is stupid. No one's going to buy this. Everybody has a toolbox already. Nobody needs a multi-tool. No, dude, get out of here. Finally, 501. That was a yes. And now he's a million. <laughs> and that's what it's all about. It's like, yeah. it's like, you know, even the greatest artists with art and music, you know, you're going to be told no so many times. Aerosmith, 10 years took him to, to get off. Yeah. Um, Ed Sheeran, he was sleeping on park benches in New York for City years. and busking for years, literally. And, mm-hmm. and that was the biggest know. pop star in the world. <laughs> but imagine if he quit, though. And, you know, yeah. that's, that's what happens to most people. Right. Like, you know, they just quit. They say, this is too much. You know, maybe I should just go back. Maybe my mom was right. Maybe I should just get that nine to five and, <laughs> you know, support myself. Yeah. It only takes one. Yes. Yeah. You just got to be able to persist and stay strong through all those no's. Mm-hmm. And that's all you really need to do because you only really see the successful part of anyone's life. You don't see all the time it took to get there, all the failures and rejections and shitty days they had leading up to that. All you're seeing is like the good part, but most people forget right. that just because you're going through some hard time doesn't mean anyone who succeeds didn't also go through that. Yeah. And also yeah when when people like that who did go through the hard times talk about it it's gonna they're gonna make it sound way romantic yeah like oh like oh man i remember i remember crashing on your couch like no you have to remember that they're saying that because they're living the good life now yeah it sucked (laughs) during that time it was probably the lowest they had ever been exactly probably this close to giving up many and they don't (laughs) i feel like a lot of people may not talk about like how bad it actually was so like that's something that a lot of especially artists need to keep in mind like it's gonna suck 
so bad. You're going to play you know, so many you said, rooms. you said, you know, we're, like promoter A, maybe promoter B will say yes. Maybe promoter Z will say yes. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. You got to keep waiting. Yeah. And you have to have yeah. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. like, I mean, all art is subjective. So, like, yep. if someone says no, it's not that you're bad. It's just because it's not their taste. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, right. well, that's, that's what we've realized. tells you you suck, that doesn't mean, like, everyone else thinks you yeah. suck, too. We, we Since we just released that album, you know, we're getting a lot of feedback now from our friends and stuff about which songs they like the most. And with that comes a slew of different opinions. Like, yeah. some person will say yeah. they like the acoustic track off the album that I had no idea would even hit. You know, I was like... Oh, uh, well, because our producer was like, we're not doing 11 rock songs. We'll do 10 and one acoustic song. <laughs> uh, okay, fine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so like some people like that song the most. And then other people will be like, nah, that was the weakest song on the album. But it's just amazing how right. subjective music is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, you guys may be able to speak to it a little bit better than me, being that you're a little younger than me. Um, but, you know, growing up in a world with social media and stuff, right? Like, everybody's looking for that instant gratification because you want the, you know, million likes on a face or a Instagram post or whatever it is, you know, streams on Spotify. And I don't think, you know, people really, like you're saying, I don't think they take a step back and realize, you know, they busted their ass to get to where they're getting all those likes and streams. Yeah. Um, and it takes time. Mm-hmm. And money, inevitably, right? Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. you, you can't just get on a first-class flight and be like, hey, look at me, I'm on this first-class flight without some money, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> There's some people I've seen who take, like, those toilet seats and pretend they're on a plane uh, yeah. and in the runway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, work, yeah. the work is definitely underappreciated for a lot of people. Like, even, even if you're put into a good position, that doesn't mean that you're going to end up getting to that, that point that, you know, maybe your parent was in, like, you right. still need to work your ass off to get there. And, you know, we like every 90% of the time. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes you just can't do any wrong. <laughs> You're guess, so rich. You still, know? people have to work. And a lot of people undermine that and think, oh, well, like, how do they get there? How do they get there? They worked. They didn't, yeah. they didn't think about it too hard. And they just kept, they put their head down and kept doing what they had to do. Mm-hmm. Hyper focus. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, a a good example of that is um, I use Katy Perry. So Katy Perry first started out doing Warped Tour shows and stuff. Yeah, yeah, she was on like the first. And Maroon 5, too. Yeah. Like there's there's a lot of artists that like there's a story about Katy Perry where she was doing stuff with 303. That's how they linked up for that Starstruck song. Oh, wow. (laughs) And then. she was actually recording her album while doing warp tour dates. So she would be on warp tour for like three days. They would have two days off. She would fly back to LA, record her stuff for her, her album, then fly back to meet up with the tour. And now she's on fucking American Idol as a judge and shit. Like yeah. she's busted her ass to get to where she is, but people just assume like, oh no, that's Katy Perry. Like she's had it easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. that's like the, uh, the photo of Diplo and McDonald's. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he's just like in the corner of the McDonald's. Yeah, what the fuck is up, Denny's? But but again, I I really think it plays into your point too, right? Like, short of and not saying that you know, there's not been trials and tribulations in their lives, but like the Kardashians, right? Yeah, they were they were set up for success. 
but at the same time, they went through a lot of shit to get there too. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. had the money to hide some of it. You know, they if yeah. they if they completely yeah. sat down their ass, they would not be. You know, Kylie Jenner would not be a billionaire. Like, right. yes, all those businesses were they easier for her to start? Of course, but she needed to be like, I want to start a business, and mm-hmm. if you don't have the drive to do that, then you would not get to where you were. So you know, work is put in everywhere. Yeah, because yeah. you see, you see rich people start businesses, you know, kind of a trust fund kid type of thing, yeah, where the yeah. business just turns over in a year or two because they have that mindset of just, oh, I have the money, I can just do this, I don't have to put in work, you know. It, it still, no matter how lucky you might get off the bat, at the end of the day, it still comes down to how much you are personally putting into it and sticking with it. And even if you don't put in work, someone else is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I guess there you go on that. <laughs> so the work is always has, has to be done. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, you know, a, a good example of what you're getting at there is back in the day with Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, right? Like both of them started in garages. Oh, yeah. And if Steve Jobs wasn't going to do it, Bill Gates was or vice versa, like it was still going to happen. So why not be the person that's making it happen? Exactly. And if it wasn't for Steve Jobs, just like, you know what I mean? Who knows? Right. <laughs> he said he, he said he got he, he was inspired by LSD. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Oh, That's what gave him the idea to start Apple and stuff. <laughs> That's how he came yeah. up. Yeah. Drug skids. Nope. <laughs> Unless it's gonna benefit you. No, <laughs> <laughs> right. Unless you can see that that's a, a positive for you somehow. Um, yeah, so let's uh, jump back towards the music a little bit. Um, so with this new album, you know, you talk a lot about um, kind of navigating through just modern society. Um, what's that kind of look like for you guys, both in the musical sense and kind of in the personal and mental health sense with, you know, the technology that's out there, social media, like we were just saying, it's a fucking toxic place a lot of times. Yeah. What does, you know, how does that interact with you guys on that level? I was going to say just real quick, um, if you have an iPhone, and I highly suggest this, you can limit how much time you spend on social media. I didn't know this. Yeah. And then also, if you set it up so you can see your weekly screen time, yeah. you can keep track of it and just try to lower. That's what I tried to do. I was at like seven hours a day and I cut down to like three. And a lot of that's just like YouTube because they count YouTube as that. So if I just have a YouTube video open listening, they still count that, but still yeah. still cutting down like hours of me just staring at my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people use social media as like this thing like, and I was thinking about this today earlier, even like on our way here, like you always instinctually take out your phone during free time. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, well, nothing's happening right this moment. I don't need to pay attention yeah. so I'll stay on my phone. But here's the thing. If you're always looking at your phone, you're not allowing your mind to sit in itself and be objective about the world around you. And to like, if you, because a lot of people, they just look at their phone and they let themselves get angry or they let themselves yeah. Like get to a place where get it's like, or jealous or yeah, and it's, here's the thing. We, our brains here are millions of years old and these phones are maybe 10. So yeah. here's the thing. Our pack mentality, we're only supposed to be pleasing, what, 20 people, 50 people tops. Anything more than that, that's, that's just going to cause mental illness. You can't expect more than your pack to respect you and appreciate mm-hmm. you. And that's why I think a lot of people lose in social media. They expect millions of people to agree and love them. But the truth is, 
you can't even get a hundred people to yeah, agree. Your and brain doesn't you. even know how to comprehend yeah. that. No, <laughs> no. So it's it's just all misleading, and that's the number <clears> one <throat> issue. I I personally I I deleted Snapchat. I got Snapchat again recently. Here's the thing. It's not. Ne- it's a necessary <laughs> evil, but you have to. You definitely right. have to moderate. There's a balance. Yeah, for sure. that's the worst part about it to me. Is like, I I've gone a couple days here and there where I try to just lock my phone in a drawer for the day and just be like, let's see how I can go about my day without a phone completely, not even on me, and see how I feel. And it's so weird. Like for the first couple hours, you find yourself every couple minutes like for your going pocket. for your pocket, and you're like, oh wait, it's not there. And I feel like people don't realize it really, it, it's acting on the same parts of your brain as drugs do. Like it really oh, yeah. is an addiction. Yeah. You, you don't even realize you're doing it, but you're going to look at it. Even just looking at the time gives your brain that little hit. It was, ah, and it sucks too, because music, especially, I, I would just delete my Instagram. I would same. love to do that, but just can't because it's yeah. just not realistic right. nowadays to have a career in music and not be on social media. So it's really just about trying to find that balance of doing what you have to do and then keeping it out of the room completely. Because even just being in the room with it, I've noticed just you don't focus as well. Your brain can't get into that flow state where you're just totally locked into what you're doing. You're kind of like lingering off. You look at the time and that takes you out of what you're doing even for a second and you're kind of starting back at square one. And so Mm -hmm. just best to keep it away from you whenever you can. (laughs) I've heard a big thing that people do. This is obviously people who've got like, the money connections for it is that um they just they delete the social media and whenever they need to post something they have somebody else do it yeah <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. Go. because especially That's with like a, a big thing i've heard especially the biggest complaint i've heard mostly is on, about um twitter because so many people can just tell you that you're bad at what you do and obviously that's going to, no matter who you right. are, that's going to get to you. If you read a hundred comments saying that you're bad at what you do, even though there's 150 saying how great you are, those bad ones are going to stick out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And another thing to the dopamine. Yeah. Thing, why they made the notification bad red. I know. Because it's, it, sneaky. It, it, it's it, sneaky. They put thing, it puts something yeah. off in your mind that you need to look at that now, now that there's a yeah. little red one there. You you're just getting a hit of like a reward. Yeah. It's like yeah. a yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and honestly, I've noticed too that it it fucks with your dopamine so much and stuff in your brain that it makes it harder to just be motivated to do things. Because if your brain mm-hmm. it always feels like it's being rewarded, you don't feel the drive to get other rewards by doing harder things. Yeah. You can just simply look at your phone. Your brain goes, "Ah, oh, I'm happy now. We're good. We don't have to do anything else." So yeah, that's a big part of it too. That's what happens to me. For like some some days, <laughs> it's like I really have a hard time getting off of you know the youtube feed or the instagram feed and it's not that i'm trying to uh, i lost my train of thought yeah it's not that you're trying to avoid it <laughs> you're not trying to be lazy or just like yeah. not productive Your brain wants to just biologically find the easiest way to be comfortable and your phone is the easiest way you can possibly be comfortable <laughs> so you just have to be aware of that for sure yeah yeah, it, it's kind of the uh, Pavlov's dogs, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's your treat. And every time you, you check it, okay, I feel okay. So mm-hmm. then, like you said, your your brain kind of starts tricking itself into, well, all I have to do is grab my phone and I'll be okay. Yeah. But then, you know, with social media, with it being as toxic as it is, you grab your phone, you feel okay. Then you read those hundred comments that, hey, you suck. Like, well, mm-hmm. fuck, now what do I do? <laughs> yeah. 
I think uh, one of my major revelations as of this past year was realizing just how human humans are, right? So oftentimes you're on your phone and you just see the extremities, you know, the, the guys with the Maseratis and uh, just do, like those guys who either were trust fund babies or worked really hard to get where they are, right? Here's the reality of it though. Like us humans, like perfection is so far from humans, right? Like yeah. everybody wants perfection, but the truth is humans are so perfectly imperfect. It's just, it's a travesty. It's truly a travesty that we've ever even gotten to this point because every girl thinks that she has to have a thigh gap and she has, her, her waist has to be as big as my hand grip. You know, it's like, it's just, it's, it's really sad because that's just not true at all. Like, like our imperfections are truly what make us beautiful because our imperfections, if we weren't imperfect, we would all be the same, right? So your imperfection yeah. might be perfect to somebody else. And same with like, you know, anything, you know, your height, your weight, your, the way you talk, um, your disability, anything. It's all important. It's what yeah. makes you, you. And if you're trying to be someone else, then you're doing it wrong. And, and a lot of people expect people to be perfect, but that's just so far from it. And we're always progressing and getting better. So, you know, it's just, it's, I just hate that so much. Everybody wants perfection the first time around, but they'll never get it. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think two things on that one is, especially like Instagram, as much as, you know, we have to have it right for, for your job, for my job, things like that. Um, nobody's taking pictures of the shitty days. They're only showing you the wins that they have. Yeah, exactly. So of course, when you get on there, it's like, well, fuck, you know, so-and-so just bought a new car but you didn't see the four months of 70 hours a week that they just put in either. Yeah. Or you the know? car that they just totaled and cried and then, about earlier, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing, um, you know, to your point about imperfections is, and this is, took me a long time to, to get to as well in my own personal life, but like you have to start thinking about it more like we're puzzle pieces and, we're not meant to have perfectly straight edges and things like that. Like you're going to fit in where you're supposed to fit in. And the bigger picture is going to be more beautiful because you fit in that spot. Precisely. Exactly. You don't want to, you don't want to force that piece because you'll never feel right where you are, you know? And, and yeah. same, that one of the songs acid rain, like touches on the rat race of life and all that. And, you know, I just, I think we've all fallen victim to this idea that we have to play a part in this capitalistic society where it's like, you get the nicest house, you get the nicest car, you have beautiful babies, or you have the most, you know, you have the most attractive spouse or whatever, but that's just like, that's just so far from what I really want. Like ultimately what I really want is, is what fits me. And that might not fit you. That might not fit these guys, but it's what fits me you know? Yeah. And people need to realize that people's opinions on them or what they expect them to be isn't who they are. And that every person is so individual, is such an individual and so separated from the societal expectations that that's like the best part. That's like the most beautiful part, truly, because the societal expectations are only that. And they only became that because society is a thing. Like we wouldn't, with all these people expecting these things, it's just silly, you know? 
can't please everybody. You can only please yourself. And that's really what's important. And the people who love you. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it, it's kind of that Hollywood thing, right? Like if Hollywood didn't exist, we wouldn't have that shit to compare it to. Like the Brady Bunch household is not the standard household and that's okay. Like they're their own people. You're your own people. So I think that's where, you know, society or part of what, you know, has messed up society is Hollywood and then bleeding into social media as technology advanced and whatnot. It kind of put everything behind this filter, the, the pretty filter, the golden lights, whatever. And it's just not a realistic view of how the world works. Not at all. And that's, that's exactly the worst part, right? Because like the world is so messed up sometimes. Like you can't control it. It's always going to throw curveballs at you. You know, you might not even have a bat at the moment. You're probably just going to have to hit the ball sometimes. But sometimes, sometimes you get that bat with that perfect swing. Yeah. 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 Fuck your curveball, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah no, and I, I think that's a, a good point. Right? Go ahead, Fred. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, we were talking about Steve Jobs before. There's this one quote. I might mess it up, so I don't want to misquote him, but it was something like he said in the speech he gave that, you know, every day you got to wake up, look in the mirror and ask yourself, if, if I knew today was going to be the last day I'm alive, like, would I be happy with how I'm going to spend it? And if the answer is no, just make a change, you know, and it kind of just builds on what he says, like, the only person that's going to be there when you die, as, as morbid as that sounds, is you, like, you have to just do what makes you happy. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. You just have to be happy with the personal choices you're making. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, not to be super morbid about it, but like you hear those stories all the time of people that are, you know, a hundred years old or whatever, and they just, they go peacefully in the night because they've kind of accepted that that's, you know, I've done what I needed to do on this planet or whatever. Um, so they just move on. Whereas then you have those other people, not that I mean this in a negative way, but you know, mm -hmm. those other people that are stuck being vegetables or, you know, just dragging through life and they're old and crotchety and just pissed off at the world. And it's like, but the life that you're living now is a direct result of the life you lived when you were younger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And you know, if they had just made their own decisions and followed their truth instead of other people's ideas of their truth, you know, like your, your parents or your guardians are always going to, always going to want the best for you. And they're not going to assume that, that you are, have as much potential as you truly have. Everybody has the same amount of potential, I think, right? It's just about turning that yeah. potential energy into kinetic energy, right? And just proving those people wrong. Um, you know, my parents still always tell me like, oh, like, when are you going to, when are you going to start working full time? And when are you going to, you know, uh, start helping more? <laughs> no. yeah. you be around more and stuff <laughs> and stop hanging out with your stupid friends. <laughs> no, but no, it's just, I'm not going to live the life that they want me to. Like, I'm always just going to do exactly what they aren't expecting because that's what I want to do. I want, I want, I want what I want, right? And if that's being a starving musician, that's it. <laughs> I'll do that my whole life. Um, as for student loans, I'll just defer them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, 
said, and I think that goes to your point earlier where like, you know, kind of, it's not what society wants, right? It doesn't matter what society wants. Society may want you in a nine to five, but if that's not your truth and that's not where you're happy, then why would you put yourself in a position to stay there? A hundred percent. Yeah. And they're only, you know, people are only going to say that to you kind of ties back into what we were talking about before too, with just the amount of time it takes to work on something before it actually pays off. Everyone's going to say those things to you and doubt you and tell you you're doing the wrong thing until you've actually made it. And then they're going to be like, Oh, that's great. I'm so happy to you the whole time. Yeah, That's great. See, you're right. so going to be like, yeah, the only reason I'm happy though is because I didn't listen to you and I just did what I wanted to do, you know? So in the end, you're always yeah. going to face that resistance. It's just how it goes pretty much. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, it, it reminds me of the, uh, the old quote, and I forget the person that said it, but I remember it from the movie Coach Carter, that our greatest fear isn't that we're inadequate, it's that we're powerful beyond measure. And I think that goes into like what you're saying about parents and stuff. Like, it's not that they don't believe in you. It's just they can't see the full potential of what you have. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh i i'm a firm believer in um manifestation uh, what, what do you yeah. think about that do, do you think yeah i i think it, it definitely has its place right like it's one of those things can i just constantly say you know i'm going to be a billionaire and magically be a billionaire no. no but can i manifest things in a positive way that okay you know i'm going to start this business okay, I'm going to start this business and do it. And I think, you know, the the misconception with kind of that manifestation is people assume that when you talk about, oh, I have positive manifestations, it's that you're kind of leaving it up to chance and hope. And that's not the case. It's, to me, it's a setting a realistic goal in your mind and then busting your ass to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think um, this, there was a study done where they actually had people manifest being millionaires and a decent amount of them actually ended up becoming millionaires because of that study. And I don't know what the control was or what the hypothesis of the study was, but I, I firmly believe that we are spiritual creatures. We're all interconnected within this realm, right? Like, yeah, like look at us right now. I mean, the internet only makes that more inevitable, like more apparent. Like how, like, right. I don't know how this works. How are we talking <laughs> Indiana, New Jersey? That's just, that's just human innovation and moving towards, we're only replicating what we already have inside of us all. And that's like this ability to connect and interweave with the world and universe. Mm-hmm. Us. I truly believe that words are spells, right? When you say something, it, every, every action has a reaction, including with words right? Like if you say something rude, people will interpret that as rude and, that, and that it'll affect them. Or if you say something positive, it'll positively affect somebody. And I don't think that's just by happenstance, right? Like, um, right. we have like a 15 foot radius of, sorry, <laughs> energy around <laughs> all of us that you can genuinely, if you're 15 feet away from somebody, they're just in your sphere of energy, you can feel their vibes. And if somebody is negatively thinking and enters your your space you can feel that and i i think it's important that we all recognize that and use that to our advantage we um 
every time you say today sucks, you're just perpetuating that, you know, right. If you say I'm grateful and I'm happy where I am. The world will reward you for that. And I don't know why nobody knows why is that religion? Yeah. Is that spirituality? Is that aliens breeding with monkeys? <laughs> I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I'm just gonna say. This, I'm gonna say this to the audience. Right? <laughs> this is for the audience. All right. Comment. What do you think? Do you think that the reason why UFOs visit Earth but don't annihilate us all? This is my belief. I think it's because aliens bred with monkeys, and we're like their babies, right? And they're just coming down every now and then to be like, all right, how are little babies doing? All right, they're so good. <laughs> It's like the X-Files. All right, Tom DeLong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right, though, in the sense of, of like, the energy and, and whatnot, right? Like, I've got a friend that she hates when I tell her that I just pick up vibes off people. And I think I'm really in tune with those. So, like, I'll meet somebody and I'm like, man, I just don't have a good vibe about this person. Or, you know, this dude's going to be fucking awesome or whatever. And they're like, well, how do you know? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like just the vibe that I picked up, the energy that I'm feeling, whatever. And, you know, I know you guys have a song called Vibe Police and we can touch on that too. Yeah. But I think that's an important thing to find out within yourself is like, start with friends and family. Like when I'm around these people, what is my gut feeling and how does that affect me? And if you start to kind of learn how to, how to read that, as you approach new people and new relationships and interactions, you're going to start going, okay, maybe I need to, to hesitate a little bit, or this is where I need to go. And it just, it's amazing the, the power of our bodies without us consciously knowing about it. It, it knows far more than you think it knows. Yeah. You're right. Like, I think that's just, that's just thousands, hundreds of thousands of years of evolution. You know, we've always run in packs. Humans have always been communicative based and always been pack animals you know any human you can take any human no matter how much they don't like people or whatever put them in the wild and give them food and everything but no people they're gonna go crazy because you need you need you need that interaction with other people right uh, but you're right i think that you, there's just an inherent ability in every single person to read somebody and understand them or or, or feel their energy right that they're emitting Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah um so let's <laughs> go ahead go ahead let's talk a little bit about no you're fine uh let's talk a little bit about you know vibe police is is not written exactly in that vein but to some extent you know you have to police the people around you right and that's kind of what the song's about is identifying who should be in the circle and who shouldn't how do you guys kind of look at at those new relationships especially and figure out, you know, yes, this is good for us, or, you know, we really need to be cautious with this next step. Hmm. Well, it's tough to figure that I one mean, out. I mean, I feel like the best way, just like through experience, especially like, because I mean, we've been a band for a while now. So like, a lot of people have fucked us over multiple times. <laughs> but so, not necessarily people <laughs> close to us. Not no, necessarily no, people, not close, necessarily to people right. close to us. But I mean, like, Businessmen. even after a while, like, you can know somebody for a while and they just do something shitty to you. So, like, I mean, the best way, I, I, for me personally, the best way is just through experience. And if somebody acts exactly like somebody that's fucked me over in the past, obviously I'm going to be a little, <laughs> like, wary. And usually yeah. don't want to toot my own horn over here. But... <laughs> 
I get pretty well with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just got to kind of learn how to listen to your intuition because, you know, even I, I feel like kids a lot of times, you, you have to be able to, as, as corny as it sounds, like stay in touch with your inner child a little bit because kids are always like very good at being a judge of character. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like everyone yeah. says it all the time. A kid can tell when someone's an asshole or when they're nice. Um, you kind of have to keep that mindset a little bit of listening to your stomach feeling of, I don't know. I just get a weird vibe from this person. Cause if you're really honest about it, you can usually tell when people have good intentions or when they have bad intentions. And even if people fuck you over, like you can still kind of tell if they really meant to fuck you over, if it was kind of just, you know, an, an honest mistake or something like that. So you just have to learn how to kind of be honest about those situations and kind of listen to your intuition and judge realistically what people's intentions really are and then act accordingly with that and yeah and on that like society often tells you society itself tells you don't judge a book by its cover right you don't want to judge a book by its cover you don't know what's inside that book right but here's the thing like you know there's definitely times like all right, if you're in a convenience store and you know you see a guy come in with his hood down and he's like and he looks angry you know he's reaching for his pocket like you kind of have to have a judging there, right? You have to kind right. of, be like, all right, is this guy about to rob the store? You know, like, yeah. And I think that it's important that you don't always listen to society. Like sometimes your intuition and your gut is right. That's why people say, listen to your gut um, and your heart. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is pretty much it. Like I think society is capping a little bit when it tells <laughs> you not to judge a book by the cover, you know, because I can truly, I yeah. can read a summary and know if I'm going to like the book or not truthfully and be like all right what is this about is right. this about space or adventures is it an autobiography probably less interested now but well and i i think you know the the problem that i've always had with that you know don't judge a book by its cover is like way back in the day sure because the cover was just bound leather right yeah but there's a reason that we started putting fucking synopsises of the book on the back of the fucking cover yeah. so yeah. that people know what the hell this is about so like uh-huh. i should judge it by its cover because there's this the brief of the story yeah yeah absolutely and or how like a lot of people will look at like medical studies and only quote the abstract it's like yeah. <laughs> it's similar right so the abstract is giving you the the whole thing i'm not the saying summary. that's wrong it's the summary right like if you're mm-hmm. trying to make a point and the point is right there in the abstract you're not probably going to go through the entire study and figure out the the intricate you know um, ways that they did the study or control like you're just going to be like all right well there's the information i have it there you know right which which does work most of the time until somebody that has read the whole study kicks back with well but yeah exactly. <laughs> all right fuck you know like <laughs> <laughs> you weren't supposed to hear that <laughs> whatever mr <Shaw. laughs> awesome um so let's talk a little bit you know i, I definitely want to touch on the music again for you guys um you know the the new album's out it's a fucking jam um and i think people need to check it out so let's talk a little bit about uh kind of what the remainder of 2021 is going to look like for you guys um, musically and especially obviously the podcast is musicians for music uh, musicians for mental health so like at the beginning we said music is kind of a therapy for you guys but what are your plans to make sure that your music and doing what you you love is enough to help your mental health through the remainder of the year all right 
definitely playing as many shows as possible. Um, <laughs> we're catching back up on that now. We got about a year to catch back up on. <laughs> um, it's definitely yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely felt great just being able to play again. So definitely for the rest of the year, we're just focused on playing as much as we can, you know, getting the album out there, focusing a lot on just promoting it, doing whatever we can to just get it out there, you know, let people know this is our first full length. This is what we're about. Check it out. And at the same time, um, we've definitely already started writing new music and we're thinking yeah. about the next LP. Um, hoping to auto immediately. Like, I was actually yeah. just saying to them, I was like, all right, guys, album's out. Start working on the second one. Let's go. Like, yeah. you know, um, that's the thing yeah. that keeps me healthy, right? Like, um, I love playing shows. In fact, there was there was probably a time before, like pre-COVID, where, you know, I think we all got pretty tired, right? Like, we were just like, oh, man, so many shows. And then this whole year gone by, and right. like now I don't care, dude. I'll play. Yeah. I'll play in front of zero people. I'll I don't never care. complain about a show again. Me neither. <laughs> I will never. I will never. Uh, I just yeah. so much. Yeah. But my my mental. So being that a lot of the lyrics are, you know, things that I come up with sometimes. You know, mostly for the, you know, I mean, I um, that is what helps me. It's a release of sorts when I can write a song. Right. Um, so a good example of that would be the song Shotgun. So I think this all ties in accordingly with the theme of this podcast and everything. Um, I had a friend who had you know, committed suicide when I was younger and it really negative affected, negatively affected me for a long time. Like, um, you know, when somebody does that, who's close to you, it becomes an option. I think that, I think so, you know, when right. somebody super close to you does that, you think, all right, well, if they did it, maybe I'll just, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a good thought to yeah. have, but it's, it's inevitable. It's like, it's, it's really sad. But when I was, there was this one day, I was just so sad, man. Like college was really stressful, stressing me out. I was in my dorm all alone. I had just gotten banned from the freshman dormitory halls for being too crazy and stuff like that. So I couldn't see any of my friends. And I was just sitting there and like, I started looping on my pedal and I came up with, with the song Shotgun. And in that moment, I wrote the whole song. And when I got it out, it felt so much better. You know, like I really felt yeah. like I had released like a weight off me. And for a long time, I felt really guilty about the song too. So, so, in the, so I got better, but then I got worse because then I felt like I was making my friend suicide this thing. Like I, like, you know, you don't want to remember your friend for the worst thing that they did. You know, you want to remember right. them for all their happy things. And and for a long time, I felt really guilty for putting that out there. But in a way, I think it actually helped a lot of people come to terms with their own mm -hmm. suicidal tendencies and and realize that, like, perhaps just listening to the song and thinking about it and realizing just how silly it is, you know, that they'll be OK. Yeah. Right. I think that's I think that's why right. a lot of people like that song because it's just so brutally honest that people are like it's just you like know what? Yeah, it's yeah. just like you know what like like people can listen to that and be like yeah like fuck it like I'm just gonna do it right and then it's like no like it's it's you're, not all right no I don't not, you're not that. supposed to die no you're not so, yeah yeah I uh part of the reason that this podcast is becoming a thing is um I lost my brother three years ago to suicide I'm and. Sorry. Yeah. And um, it kind of the same thing, like he and I both have battled depression and anxiety basically our whole lives and everything. But after he did it, I'm like, you know, should, 
should I, you know, and, and kind of got, like you said, in that headspace of, well, why not? And eventually got myself out of it and, and started the first podcast where I started kind of talking about mental health, but it was really just a filler for my music journalism. And then this one earlier this year, I was just like, no, it's, it's time that we start talking about this because who knows how much this can impact others. You know, the, the biggest problem with mental health is the stigma around it, that it's not okay to talk about or that you're the weird kid or whatever. But when you look at the stats around mental health, like they're pretty damning. And, you know, suicide's the second leading cause of death for an age group of 10 to 34. And like, I'm not okay with the fact that there's fucking 10 year olds committing suicide. And so I think that's where this comes in that we have to start talking about it and saying like, even the most successful people have been there and have been fucked up. Look at Chester Bennington, you know, dude was on top of the world with Lincoln Park, great family and everything and commits suicide. And it's like, these people struggle. And even though he had a platform, maybe he just didn't feel like he could use it as well as he could have, or, you know, maybe his support circle wasn't there for him or whatever. And, you know, I don't want to judge any of that. I don't know. I wasn't involved in any of that, but I think that's where like talking to you guys, it's important because we've talked about like identifying these growth opportunities and, you know, it sure you had a shitty relationship. It's not worth killing yourself over. Identify that as a growth opportunity and figure out what can I do to move on and what can I do to do better? And yeah, and just learn whole experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, with with suicide, yeah. man, it's just like it's just it's just it's just such a sad idea, right? It's like somebody just like genuinely feels like not only are they a a jagged puzzle piece that seemingly doesn't fit anywhere, but that that puzzle piece shouldn't have even existed in the first place. But the reality yeah. is like everybody has a, a a role to play, and when you cut yourself short, I think that you know like. Like how much of a hole did that leave in your life when your brother left? Like so much, right? Like it just felt like there was so much gone now. Like there's so much substance and experience and, and memories. And there's this whole, there's this whole brain full of like perspective of this world gone, just vanished now, no longer able to um, share or, or um, reprieve or relate to people. And it's just, it's it's just the most tragic thing because we're all created for a purpose you know you might not know what that purpose is right now but it might come to you at 10 years old it might come to you at 50 might even come to you at 70 years old you might not even realize until you're a grandfather that like damn my whole purpose in this life was just to be here just to be a grandfather and and teach like my grandkids or my children how to be good parents you know you just never know you know if, if your if your purpose is to work a nine to five and get to that point, then all the power to you, you know, and I just I just hope that everybody stays true to themselves and knows what their purpose is, because everybody does have a purpose. And if you say no, then you're wrong. I'm sorry. Every single person has a purpose. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I I've said before that, you know, kind of to your point there is, um, you know, mental health is so diverse right like it affects everybody so differently so even though you feel like you're alone somebody's went through something similar but your perspective may be what fixes their problem or helps them grow and then you're going to run into somebody else that went through 
maybe something completely different, but they can tell you about their struggles. And all of a sudden that light switch hits and you go, oh, fuck, like, here's how I can do this now. And, you know, as I don't, I think it's a positive thing. Some people may think it's a, a negative thing or kind of morbid, but like, even if you've attempted suicide or whatever, your purpose may be to go talk about that. And it may be in front of kids at schools and stuff like that. And that may change even one person's thought process and you've done your job. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and even yourself, you know, um, you're doing like a really big thing and you're taking on a very difficult thing, right. By, by talking about mental health. Uh, like, as you said, it's something that isn't taken very seriously in most aspects of life. Um, but the fact that you're taking that on is really important. And I, I know in my heart, even now that somebody has been touched by this and that's important, right? Like there has to be these kind of avenues and these people to reach out because without that, a lot of people will just be lost. So I think you're doing a great thing by doing this kind of podcast and stuff like that. And I, I'm sh- sure your brother is really happy about it too. He would be. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, I think that's everything I've got for you guys for this episode. Um, I think I'm definitely going to have you on the standard podcast where we'll talk a lot more about music and, and whatnot as well. But um, if you could, this is a maybe a deep question. And if you don't want to answer it, that's fine. But like thinking back to kind of your lowest point, if you could go back, time travel back and tell yourself something in that moment, what would that that statement to you be? This is only a means to an end. That's what I would say. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mine would be, you shouldn't care so much what other people think about you. You need to let them Solid. do what they got to do. And you need to get up and understand that you're you and you have to do what you have to do. And whatever they think is secondary to yourself. Yeah, I would go so, back and say... <clears throat> You know, this might suck now, but literally the best things in your life ever will come from this. Because I've thought about that a lot, you know, like one of the lowest I've ever felt, like everything I've experienced in my life, what it is now have like directly come from that, where if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be anywhere near the same or where I am now, you know? So yeah, it's an important thing to remember as much as shit might seem like it sucks. You never know what impact that could have, like, you know, the butterfly effect, what that will spark effect down the road where you'll be the happiest you've ever been and it's because of that thing happening yeah absolutely i would just say i guess laugh it off i don't know that's always been like my way of dealing with things yeah also and i think i think (laughs) that's an underrated uh, i mean that's why like i'm a huge fan of stand-up and i think that's part of the reason why because most of those guys just talk about like the worst possible things that could happen is like somebody that they went through and like, they just turn it in yeah. a different way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I flip it. Yeah. And you know, I, I just talked to a different artist about that, but um, Bo Burnham's new standup special yeah. is about like deeply about himself and depression. And, you know, I think laugh it off may get misconstrued. I, I get what you're saying, but like you have to find, a way to 
basically not give those negative thoughts any strength or, or power over you. So if you can laugh at those negative things, what strength do they have, right? Like they can't pull you down anymore. You laughed at them. Yeah, just kind of laugh it off in the sense of, oh, well, that sucks. Like what else could happen to me? I can't believe that just happened. But I mean, I guess I'll just keep going. What am I going to do about it now, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. Um, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I, I was just going to wrap up. So if you have something else, go ahead. You know, uh, uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite um, journalists, Hunter S. Thompson, once said, uh, you know, don't go to your coffin all neatly dressed. And this isn't an exact quote, obviously, but don't go to your coffin right. all neatly dressed and, and, you know, clean and stuff like that. You want to roll in bloody hell. You know, you, you, you ought to, you ought to yeah. end up where you're meant to be in a, in a chaotic way, I guess. I don't know. Like just, just don't live your whole life trying to keep your nose clean and, you know, and ex- live the way people expect you to like do what you want so right. that when you get to that point and you're about to die or, you know, you're on your deathbed or, you know, you're just at the end of your peak. So you could just say like, it was all worth it. It was all necessary. That's mm-hmm. pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing you should be scared of. Yeah. I, I, I think with regrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I was going to say, I think that's kind of where he's going. Like Hunter S. Thompson's going with it is, um, you know, fight for the life that you, you want and that you deserve. And, you know, at the end of the day, you could get to that, that grave all neatly dressed and, and clean and never, you know, never strayed off the, the societal path. But are you going to be happy with what you've left behind at that point? Or would you rather show up beaten, bloodied and bruised and go, you know what? I'm damn happy with what I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Like Gigi Allen. Awesome, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's everything for this episode. So uh, for the last minute or two, however long it takes you, um, I'm obviously going to link all your socials and, and you know, blast your music and all that. But Tell people where they can find you and kind of what to expect from you guys on the, the social media side of things. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at just the spins, our band or the, the spins area band. That's easier. No uh, spaces. Yeah. All one word right. uh, thing on Facebook, Twitter and TikTok, And then Twitter is just the spins underscore band. And then obviously Spotify, Apple music, all that new albums out now two EPs out and we're going to be doing our album release show in Sussex County, New Jersey on July 9th. So you can get tickets from that for that from awesome. us on Instagram. Yeah. Hit us up. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds good guys. I'm like I said, I'm stoked about the, the new record. Um, we'll definitely have you on the other podcast to talk more in depth about your music and kind of writing and all that stuff. But I really appreciate this conversation and you guys being very open and honest with kind of your views and and battles that you've been through yeah of course thank Thanks you for, for having us on. yeah man it's it fantastic it's opened my mind up a little bit for today i wasn't feeling great and this put me in a, in a better space honestly <laughs> yeah this was uplifting for sure yeah. awesome awesome well, i appreciate it guys we'll be in touch soon all right yeah thank please so contact us whenever you'd like awesome sounds good We love you, audience. Have a good night, man. (laughs) Appreciate you. Thank you.
Feel better, everybody. Have, have a good, good one. Bye now. Have a good day. <clears throat> and that was my conversation with the spins. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. Uh, as the guys said there at the end too, like it was such an uplifting conversation. Um, myself, I wasn't necessarily having a bad day, but like just one of those days where it was kind of meh, you know, like nothing was wrong, but there wasn't really anything special about the day. Um, and then after that conversation, I, I really did. I felt better about just some of the decisions that I made that day and over the course of the week and, um, even, you know, getting super reflective and, um, looking back on some previous decisions, you know, it was really kind of, uh, gratifying and almost justifying to some extent where, you know, through this conversation, whether I knew what I was doing at that time or not, um, I was able to look back and see that, you know, I was just cutting people out because of a bad vibe or, you know, I was making decisions because of being, not to sound cheesy, but being in touch with my body and, you know, the, the gut feeling and things like that. Um, and it, it really did, this conversation really did help. So, um, I hope you guys took something away from it as well. I want you guys to jump over to their pages. I'll have all their socials listed below in the description of the podcast. Jump over to their pages, you know, give them a like, a follow, leave them a comment, let them know that you listened to the episode. Um, if you took something away from it, things like that. Um, I'd love for you to comment on our post um, about this episode and let us know as well, you know, what you took away from it and things like that. Um, mainly because, you know, I'm not doing this podcast for like any sort of recognition, I guess, or like savior syndrome or anything like that. Um, but I, I think that these are important conversations that aren't being had often enough and open enough. And so I want to know from you guys that these conversations matter as well um, and that you are taking stuff away from them so that we can continue to do these. And maybe there's certain topics that you guys want us to talk about or, um, you know, there's maybe certain areas you want us to dive a little deeper in. You know, I'm more than happy to get artists back on the podcast and talk to them more in depth about a certain subject that we touch on or whatever. Um, and obviously I want your recommendations too. If there's an artist out there that you think would be really good at talking about mental health, let us know, you know, we'll do what we can to try to get them on the show and, um, hopefully we'll, we'll have some great, you know, opportunities with that. We do have some super sick, awesome conversations to come. Um, you know, we're already actually recorded out a few episodes, so I've got stuff in the pipeline for you guys that I just can't wait for you to hear. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, follow the podcast, uh, the Instagram, the Facebook, things like that. Um, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up, so we're going to have some new merch. 
for you make the scene, but also some merch specifically for this podcast, you know, for you guys to represent and, and show support that way as well. Um, that's everything I've got for you guys on this particular episode. Uh, if you've listened to the previous two episodes, you know we're not doing a song to take you out. Um, just because the conversation was was awesome. And, you know, I'd love for you to go check out their music, but we just don't want to push any one song because, especially in the case of The Spins, they have several songs that are going to tie into this subject matter super well and we just don't want to have to pick so uh go check them out on spotify apple google whatever you do your your music streaming um and yeah we hope that you guys enjoyed that so i'm gonna take you out the same way that you know i take you out on the other podcast and that's with the simple reminder to take care of yourselves take care of each other and you make the scene